Okay, well, good afternoon, everybody. Good to see you. My name is Lawrence. Um, my current role, I'm Pioneer Evangelist in Newry Centre of Mission. So, I quite a, quite a drive down um, near the border. I'm moving soon at the end of August to Hope Church in Craig Avon um, to be a youth and community pastor there. So, I'm excited for that as well. Um, but today, um, I'm the subject is main madness, and what they asked me to kind of explore was this kind of subject of toxic masculinity. Um, so we're going to explore that. I'm going to get some feedback from you guys as well. I'm um, not too much. You don't need to speak into the mic or anything, but we just want to explore um, different scenarios and things around toxic masculinity. Um, I, when I was looking this up and I Googled it, um, I found this really cool placard that says, you can be masculine without being toxic, bro. And I thought that was a good seminar title name, actually. So that's, that's just what I decided to call it. So you can be masculine without being toxic, bro, um, is, is what we're called. So a um, bit about me. Um, I'm married to Millie. Um, this is Millie here. Um, so we're married just under two years. Um, and it's been a, a crazy adventure as well. So um, in that, we've, we've got two two dogs, both rescues, five guinea pigs, a few of them rescues, and we now foster um, two girls, um, so f- they're, and they're four and ten, and I suppose um, that's kind of changed. I'm not a biological father, but I'm a foster dad at the minute to two girls, and that's really got me thinking about this whole kind of toxic masculinity thing as well, but also my wife, um, Millie, is pregnant at the minute, um, and this week we find out if it's a boy or a girl, and I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of freaking a bit, because I'm kind of like, if it's a boy... Um, the toxic masculinity thing does scare me a bit and I'm like, oh, how am I going to raise a boy? This is scary. But also if it's a girl, I'm like, how am I going to protect them from it as well? Um, so I thought we would just unpack it, explore it. Obviously, we're going to land in the Bible and think about um, biblical um, stuff, so godly masculinity. Um, but yeah, married to Millie, um, you might see this lifeguards thing, part of my role. So I designed a healthy heart program where I train as a personal trainer. I go around schools um, doing fitness, sharing about looking after your heart physically, emotionally, but then also get to share about spiritual stuff as well. And it's all um, based around Proverbs 4.23 which says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So I wear that around my neck all the time with my wedding ring because I'm not great at keeping that on. You always take it off for deadlifts or for the treadmill and, you know, you lose it. Um, so I'm like, okay, not, um, I'll just wear it around my neck with um, Proverbs 4.23. So this is a picture of me um, at our kids' gym in Newry. Um, this is me with um, the young girl who lives with us. Um, and it really has been a challenge, like I said, um, you know, trying to protect those girls who've been through a lot, and now me as a foster dad, trying to, to love them and protect them and help them. Um, and as it says, um, I'm going to be a dad. So um, while I'm not a biological father, it kind of has, God has started really planting this on my heart. I've been a youth worker for 20 years, and I believe that God had called me to be a spiritual father. Um, but as I, I kind of go on this journey, this has really got me thinking. And um, what I wanted to explore first was, well, what is toxic masculinity? Now, I have no idea if the sound is going to work for this video. Maybe I should try and plug it in. I think the sound guy is away now. Um, it comes through the TV. Let's hope for, let's hope for this. So maybe with the reflection, you didn't see any of that. That's okay as well. Um, don't worry. But this was a, a Gillette put out this... 
um, ad in, in response to the Me Too movement, and then this got a bit of backlash as well, because they thought it was an attack on masculinity, and they were trying to do something positive, but then there was a lot of people who came out and were like, oh, you've just lost a lot of customers as well, um, and really, I'm not going to go too down that rabbit hole um, of toxic masculinity, but um, here is a definition that I looked up, and it said, toxic masculinity is an attitude or set of social guidelines stereotypically associated with manliness that often have a negative impact on men, women, and society in general. The term toxic masculinity isn't meant to imply that the idea of masculinity in itself is inherently bad. Okay, so quick backstory. When I was asked to do this, I got an email, I got messages, I don't know whether it was WhatsApp or an email, and I was like, well, why me? Why are you asking me? And then the more I thought about my experience with, with men, it was mostly that mostly that it was bad, and a lot of the stuff that I built my ministry on is probably based on I'm trying to be different to what I experienced. So my, my own biological dad, um, he didn't have a father figure at home. His, his dad died when he was young. Um, my dad got married very young, and he had lost his mum when he was 18. So um, I think he hadn't dealt with that grief, and he took that into his um, marriage with my mum. So I did see my dad beat my mum and things like that. And eventually they did divorce. My mum is now going through her third divorce. And again, those other kind of stepdad figures that I've had haven't been good. My recent one um, did time in prison for what he did to his first wife. Um, and then, you know, was in, in prison for, um, you know, domestically abusing my mum. So I've had all these kind of figures. I've had uh, boyfriends of my mum who've bullied me um, you know, and, and I struggled with that and it really did make me, um, you know, it did affect me in a really bad way. Like being bullied by people you're meant to look up to, I suppose, is very tough. So when I became a Christian at 18, I was always determined to try and model something different. Um, and even that is why I decided, right, I, I'm not going to take advantage of girls either. I was in relationships. Um, I had opportunities maybe to have sex before a marriage, um, but was always like, no, I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to try and keep myself from, from my wife. And, and eventually I did. And that meant waiting. I got married when I was 36. Um, and I did wait until marriage before um, having sex. And now we're having our first child, which is amazing. But I think the, the thing was, um, I wanted to model something different. Purity me and being holy was so important. Was it, was it easy to do that? Absolutely not. But I was trying to model something different because what was modeled to me, I didn't find um, a good example. But when I plugged into a church, I saw godly examples of men who weren't perfect, but who loved me like spiritual fathers. Um, and, and I hope that guys did you have those figures. And if, you know, maybe you are those figures as well. But modeling fatherhood in church is so important. And I want us to just explore that because I, did, I kept, did wrestle with that when I was like, well, why, why have I been asked to do this? Um, but examples of toxic behavior. Um, so avoidance of vulnerability. Um, bullying, controlling, degrading others, egotism, um, so, um, struggling with ego, fake, being fake, um, just putting on a front, um, being greedy, um, things like that. Um, I think I'd added, I had changed these as well, so you could change the A to arrogance, but actually it was A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You could probably keep going down right through the alphabet, but all these different behaviors that could be seen as toxic. Um, but then I was thinking, well, are these just um, exclusive to men? 
No, probably not, because they can, um, this can creep into um, to women's lives as well. So, um, but I wanted to explore um, unhelpful phrases that we maybe say about boys and men, um, even the stuff that came over the tannoy was a bit funny. I was like, oh, okay, um, that, I'm not sure that was the best way to put that, but unhelpful phrases, things we say all the time and we don't think about the implications of them. So I'll just give you a quick example to, to set the context. Um, I don't like to say practice makes perfect because I'm a perfectionist um, and, if, and, and it really does affect me in a bad way. You know, perfectionism means I'll not try something if I don't think I'm going to win at it um, or it's going to be perfect. Um, and then you can kill yourself and you lose out on opportunities as well trying to be perfect. So what I try and change that when I do lifeguards is practice makes progress because I can see the strive for perfectionism destroys young people and kids as well and it starts from a young age. Um, so one of those simple things, just changing, um, changing one word can really make a difference. So one of the sayings that was in Gillette, the ad there, um, boys will be boys. We can use that as just, oh, you know, it's just boys. That's just the way they are. Or big boys don't cry. So when, when that is in our head and we're programmed like that, we're shaped by that, we mean, well, that, that kind of closes the door to vulnerability um, as well. We explore that a wee bit later. Man up, okay, um, what does that mean? Um, take it like a man. Put your big boy pants on. Has anybody heard these phrases? Or suck it up. Or it, some people add suck it up buttercup. Um, or what do you want to be when you grow up? That might be a weird one to, to add in there because it's not exclusively men. But what, when you hear that, it's always thinking about doing instead of being. And what, we should, what I want to ask my son or daughter is, um, who do you want to be when you grow up? What are those characteristics that you want to have? I think that's more important than the doing, the being first. But I love the way um, the boy, the fox, the mole, and the horse, or whatever way it puts, um, they kind of flip it a wee bit as well. What do you want to be when you grow up? Ask the mole. It says, kind, said the boy. Okay, so some examples. Um, some examples of people who may be, class, and I'm not, I'm not kind of saying they definitely are, so, um, but examples who may be associated with being um, with toxic masculinity, okay? Donald Trump, would anyone agree? Um, yeah? Some people are like, oh, I'm not, um, I don't even want to say it. Um, Conor McGregor, okay? Um, yeah? Anybody agree with that? Um, um, Andrew Tate, this was the one who was specified to me, um, and even the boys who were in my van on the way down were talking about him, and we kind of hail him as a hero, even though I think he's in prison in Romania um, for some of the worst crimes you can commit. But we've, hmm? Exactly, the fact that you know that, you know, it's like, it's proving my point, and I didn't want to land on it too much, but we are then glorifying behavior that degrades women. Um, and, that, and for me, that is not okay, um, especially, you know, being a foster dad to two girls. I'm like, I would never want to degrade women in the way that he is, well, accused of. If he's out, maybe, oh, he's got away with it. But um, the way people talk about him, I, I'm sure it could follow with his character, okay? Jeremy Clarkson, um, yeah, another kind of white middle-aged man who will kind of have a go at um, younger women on, you know, in the media. So Meghan Markle, um, even though, yes, frustrating character, Jeremy Clarkson comes out and says stuff. Um, and, of course, Pierce Morgan, um, who was the, one, of the, one of the big names that came out against that Gillette ad that I showed you, which I thought, well, he's trying to do something positive, but he's like, oh, it's so woke, what he is doing. Um, but then also just to throw in... Um, 
King David did stuff that was toxic, um, toxic masculinity, and we will land on that um, as well. Um, but some kind of quick things. I was thinking about Dear Baby Bellew. Um, whether it's a son or daughter, I'm thinking, well, oh, please don't fall into this culture of vaping, um, you know, where it's seen as hard to blow, um, you know, blow um, Skittles kind of clouds. And, you know, we're like, whoa, I'm so hard, I can blow a cloud of Skittles. Um, but I'm like, vaping, I don't want my, my son or daughter to grow up thinking that they just need to fall in with what is cool, okay? Because actually, um, we kind of, we grew up thinking that anybody who smoked or drank or took drugs were hard, okay? They're hard men or hard women. Um, but actually, to go through the, the struggles of life without using substances, I think is harder. Um, and that's what, that's my, always my challenge to people is, well, actually, to go through, um, and for me, yes, you can say, well, Lawrence, um, if you know me well, I love caffeine, so like, Lawrence tried to go through a day without caffeine then. Well, I have to admit it, I kind of am because we're moving house soon and all my coffee stuff is packed away. But um, vaping is something that I really don't want them to fall into. Um, being a boy racer, um, any boy racers here, um, when you go to McDonald's and you have that kind of crowd that are always revving, I'm like, oh, mate, please, if, my, if, if I have a son and they're like that, oh, please, please, no. Um, especially if I'm buying their first car, I'm like, no, I don't want it to be one of these. Um, and then, of course, bullying. Um, I really don't want um, to raise a bully. So I'm going to get your help here um, with some scenarios. And um, if you've seen Big Hero 6, Baymax has a scale of 1 to 10. Um, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your pain? I want you to rate how toxic some, what some of these scenarios are using our toxic meter, okay? So I'm going to get you to stand up with what number you think, um, how toxic you think this behavior is, just to see where you're at and where you think um, behaviors land, okay? So rate how toxic these scenarios are. Okay, number one. Um, Making fun of another man for carrying his baby in a sling rather than expecting his wife to carry the baby. Okay? So how toxic do you think that is? Okay, so um, stand up for one, as in not toxic at all. It's like the least toxic thing you could say to somebody. Um, ten being the worst. Okay, so two. Anybody want to stand up for two? Three, four, five, six... Seven, eight, nine, ten. I thought you were going to stand up. <laughs> My wife there. Um, okay, so um, how toxic was this? Um, well, who was the culprit? Pierce Morgan. Okay, he had a picture, it, a picture of um, James Bond. Okay, what's his, what's his real name? Daniel Craig, yes, um, DC, and he says, O007, not you as well, hashtag pa puss, what, um, hashtag emasculated bond, um, so that's, he's kind of proven, you've just said seven or above, um, that that is toxic, Pierce Morgan has proved that he is one of those guys, okay, okay, next one, bragging to a friend about how you can do anything, to women, including commit sexual assault, okay? So bragging to a friend, okay? So, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's like, oh, it's really bad, but not the worst. That's cool. Um, ten. 
Okay, I'm dying. You might have seen this quote, um, and I'm glad kind of the girls um, have left because a four-year-old came in there for a second. Um, but Donald Trump um, said this, when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Um, grab them by there. I'm not even going to say the word because this has been recorded. Um, you might think it chickened out. I did. Um, so um, so that, that was 9 or 10. And again, that follows suit. Um, and th- uh, this was kind of found after I kind of thought this would be him. Um, okay, next one. Suggesting that women can only have jobs if they are also the primary homemaker in the household, i.e. doing all the cooking and cleaning alongside their job. Okay. Um, okay, so just suggesting that women can only have jobs if they are also the primary homemaker in the household. And this will be, I'm interested. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. That's totally fine. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Excellent. Okay, no, here, really good to hear. Um, this, this is John Wayne, okay? Um, he says, they have the right to work wherever they want to as long as they have dinner ready when you get home, okay? Um, so John Wayne, actual quote from him. Okay, um, okay last, last couple. Threatening to upload explicit pictures of your girlfriend online if they don't do what you say, okay? Um, so toxic meter. Um, so we just started, maybe just started six, okay? Um, who thinks six? Seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Um, okay. This was Ryan Giggs. I'm a Man United fan, um, but um, it's hard to defend this. It says, former Man United star Ryan Giggs has been accused of threatening to send explicit images of his partner to friends and work colleagues unless she did what he said. Okay. Um, so last one then. Um, Making jokes on Twitter about taping women's legs together to stop them from reproducing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, very inappropriate joke. Um, out there online, which you're thinking, well, that, that can be screenshot and kept forever. Um, how toxic do you think that is? Okay. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10. Okay. Um, this was um, on Twitter. It says, can someone just like tape Nicola Sturgeon's mouth shut and her legs so she can't reproduce? Thanks. Um, so, yeah. So that stuff is all out there. Um, and how we view then masculinity based on that is, I think, is very important. Um, and I want to think about um, some examples of biblical um, toxic masculinity, maybe that you could um, say in the Bible. Okay, so biblical examples of toxic masculinity. And the first one is well, King David. This is what I said. Okay, um, and the one that obviously springs to mind is um, David and Bathsheba. Okay, so in Second Samuel, Second um, Samuel eleven. It says, and this kind of gives it away, in the springtime, in spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men. So 
when kings go out to war, they usually um, would all go out to war with their armies. He decided he was just going to stay back at the palace and potter about. Okay, so initially you can see this is this is going to start. You know, this is not going the right way here. Um, it says one evening David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. Okay, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Okay. Then David sent his, um, sent his cronies to go get her. He brought her there and then he slept with her. Okay. Um, and then um, it doesn't just stop at that. She ends up pregnant um, and then he tries, to, um, he tries to cover that up by sitting, you know, bringing his husband back from the front lines. But actually what he finds out is his, um, Bathsheba's husband is honorable. So he wants to be with his men. He wants to, to be out at war where David should be. So what he then ends up doing is sending Uriah, um, who actually slept at the entrance instead of going home with his wife. So David had pretty much said, go home, sleep with your wife. Um, and then he thought that would just cover it all up. But really, he ends up having to send Uriah to the front line to be killed. Um, and then this is all at the hands of David, who should have been out with his men, didn't... Um, slept with Bathsheba, then tried to cover up um, his sin as well. So some of the things that you could say had caused this, maybe complacency, um, lack of accountability, abuse of power, um, entitlement, because he just thought, well, I'm entitled to this. I'm the king. I can have anybody that I want. Or, of course, lust. Um, And really think about this. These are all things that can creep into our lives, okay? We can all become complacent and just think, well, yeah, um, yeah, I'm doing quite well with that Bible stuff. I'll be fine. I was at Summer Madness. I raised my hands a few times in the big tent. That's sweet. Um, lack of accountability, where you're plugged in just enough to kind of be involved, but not where anybody can challenge you about something. So when I, um, actually, if someone challenges about something, you just tell them where to go. Um, that, that's not a good thing. And what you find with King David is he had a really strong connection with a friend called Jonathan, who was the previous king's, King Saul's son. And then he lost his best friend. Jonathan was killed. Um, and David, I suppose, never really had that friendship again. And it's important we have accountability, um, that we don't let power go to our head. Um, entitlement, you know, I do see that um, all the time. And then lust, lust is something that I really struggle with. And to say um, that, yes, I made it to marriage um, was not saying, yeah, like I said, it wasn't an easy thing because I did struggle with it. Um, I'm not that old that porn wasn't a big thing um, when I was younger as well. Um, we had this thing called Napster where you could download anything and LimeWire, I think, was after that. Um, so lust can be something that really creeps in and you can find anything on Google, YouTube, whatever. Um, so King David can be an example. He was a man after God's own heart, but he fell into this kind of um, um, toxic masculinity, I guess. Um, the religious leaders, maybe in John 8, um, you maybe know this, this story, says, as he was speaking, this is Jesus, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd and said, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And it says they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus, it says, he said, all right, but the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stopped, stooped down again and wrote in the dust. 
When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. Um, And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Okay? So what you find here is the religious leaders bring the woman caught in adultery. And why I think this is toxic masculinity is because, well, what about the guy? Why are they only bringing the girl who was caught in adultery? Um, it, it's, not, it's not cool. My, I have a nephew who's in um, kinship care with my dad, okay? So my, step, my stepsister um, has four different kids to four different dads. You can see my, my, my kind of family life is a bit, is a bit crazy. Um, but two of them have been adopted. Two of them are in kinship care. And um, one is in first year. Um, in a school, I'll not say where it is, and I'll not tell you his name, but he was recently, there was a rumor going about, and this is first year, going about that he had slept with another girl his age. Um, and, and then it was coming to the school, the principal, and I was like, I, I don't believe, I just, I just don't believe it, it couldn't be. But it, the rumor was going about, and he was being painted as a Jack the Lad, and she was being paint, painted as a slut. And, you know, that's, that's the word they were using. And uh, for me, it just doesn't sit with me um, that girls are always painted in that bad light and boys are always seen as, you know, heroes. Um, because, well, the fact that they're first year, is, it's just not okay. There was so much wrong with it. Um, but my heart really sunk and I was really, I was just, it was killing me. Just that yesterday was my nephew, but also as a youth worker, that that is going, you know, even rumors like that are going about. Um, but for me, Religious leaders only bring in the, the woman. I just thought, that, that's not good. Um, but Jesus, he doesn't condone her behavior because he says, um, go and sin no more. But I said, he cast the first, you know, he without sin, he cast the first stone. They all realized, oh, I've got my secret stuff as well. You know, I get it wrong. Um, and again, with toxic masculinity, I'm not here to point the finger at all those people. Um, we'll, we'll come around a wee bit later on, okay? Um, but religious leaders, I think they should have, if they were going to bring the lady, they should have brought the girl, because even the saying, it takes two to tango, okay? Um, so, biblical examples of godly masculinity, and this is where I really want to land, obviously. Um, Joseph, Genesis 39, um, uh, the first line. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. Love that they started off with that. Um, some of you are thinking, yes, that's like me. Um, not, not me. Um, and after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Now, Joseph is in slavery. Um, it would be in, his be-, you know, maybe in his best interest to just go along with it because, well, it's his master's wife. He could just go along with it um, and then, you know, for an easy life. But he refused with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her, ha- in her hand and ran out of the house. Okay? Um, and if you know, she then kind of screamed that he had taken advantage of her and then Joseph was put in prison. Um, but Joseph kept his integrity. 
He kept his honor. He wanted to honor his master. He also wanted to honor God. You can hear by what he was saying there. Um, And God, it then says, honored him in prison as well. It says the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Um, if you were in Joseph's shoes, this is not, we're not going to do a toxic meter here and say, you know, ten, one to ten, how likely are you to just go along with it, okay? But would you find it easy or hard to, to be like Joseph and to be able to walk away or run away? Because um, it sounds like she was peppering him. Um, and maybe you, get, you, know, you do get asked. It's not just that, that guys take advantage of girls. I know it can be the other way around where girls say, what about it? Um, but this is an example of biblical, for me, godly masculinity, where Joseph is able to, to hold and um, to stay honorable for his master, but also to God. He knows it's so important that he, um, you know, what's going on is his heart, and his heart is so important, and he wants to honor God, so he runs from that temptation. Um, Daniel, okay, we'll not read this whole um, bit of Daniel, but if you know the backstory of Daniel, and even when I was going to the portal earlier, I heard Daniel being discussed in one of the, the seminars. But Daniel was obviously... Um, kidnapped from his country, um, and here, everything could have still been okay because he was put into the royal palace where he was going to be fed, you know, wine and steak and everything he ever wanted, um, you know, and all he had to do was go along with that and he would have an easy life. Same with Joseph. If Joseph had just gone along with that, that you know, part of his wife, well, he, he might have avoided prison, but he wanted to honor God. But Daniel... Um, was put was kidnapped from his country, taken into Babylon, then put into this royal program um, for amazing um, young people. Um, and it says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord and King who has ordered me to eat for you to eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Um, Daniel, was, Daniel just pleaded with him. He says, please test us for 10 days. Um, and at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the others. Okay, and then it says, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these, I love this, God gave these four young men, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, God gave these four men, young men, an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom, and God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. Daniel was someone who could have just conformed for an easy life, but decided, I want to stand out for God, and God honored him. Um, we're, we're reminded Um, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to be a Daniel. Um, You know, with my wife, I've already said, if we have um, a boy, I'd love to call him Daniel because I just love the story of this guy who was in a culture that was not his own. And as Christians, um, as, as young men of faith, we're called not to just conform to our culture, but to stand out and show something different, okay? And last example of, of biblical um, godly masculinity is, well, it has to be Jesus. It's Jesus. And, and the, the um, word in the Bible, literally anywhere where he's mentioned, um, godly masculinity. But we're going to, um, John eleven thirty five will land. Um, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Um, obviously, 
undoes that unhelpful phrase of big boys don't cry. Um, so straight away we're, we're kind of doing that. But Jesus wasn't soft. And a lot of people think, well, you know, well, what, does that mean he was soft if he was vulnerable, if he had compassion? Well, of course not. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Um, Jesus went through so much more than we can ever imagine. And he, he stayed the course for us. This is why we can know God. Jesus um, was definitely not soft. So what he models in the Bible, um, we can follow as well without, you know, even if people say we're soft, does that mean we actually are? Um, if we're labeled things, does that mean that it's true? Um, Jesus then also in Matthew 4, um, I love this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Um, and really what this is, he's tempted three times. He's offered, the devil offers him um, everything. He says, this can be yours. We can share this. This can be our kingdom. He's like, don't, like, don't go through with all that you, God has asked you to do. Maybe God has planted dreams on your heart. Um, and the devil will say, well, no, don't go through with that because you can have all this. And he tries to kind of um, bribe you with, with things that are hyped because um, he can just package them in a certain way. And three times he tries to, to tempt Jesus and Jesus replies with the word of God. Um, so for example, then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands. Um, but Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord God to your test. Um, people, the devil tried to use God's word against him, but Jesus knew it. He was found in God's word. Um, and Palm Sunday, um, which you maybe celebrate in church, um, or you maybe don't. Um, a lot of churches get donkeys. Does anybody, anybody's church get a donkey all the time for Palm Sunday? But Palm Sunday was kind of this picture that, that Jesus wasn't this... Um, king that everybody expected because he was a humble king. He was a servant king. He didn't ride into Jerusalem on this stallion um, in armor, in gold, but he rode in on a donkey, on the colt of a donkey. Um, and this showed that he was a different kind of king. And I believe that God has called us to be a different kind of man in this world as well. Um, someone who produces the fruit of the spirit. What did Jesus do? Well, um, if you can sum it up, well, these would be behaviors that go with God godly masculinity. Um, it's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And really what it makes me think is, all this makes me think toxic masculinity isn't the problem, sin is. Um, because if we then land on, the, on Galatians 5, and this is where we're going to finish and wrap up um, before I pray. Um, but Galatians 5 um, says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation by the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. This is the stuff we've been chatting about. Sexual immorality, impurity, Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. 
Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature of his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. For me, that, that sums up um, godly masculinity. It's kind of going away from those things that could be seen as toxic. And I don't think that it's just based on masculinity. I think it's a sinful nature thing. Really, when you, when you look at that list of stuff that is the, the fruit of our sinful nature. Um, but a couple of things just to finish. What will I try and tell my son or daughter? Um, I'll find out this week. Um, if, if summer madness had been next week, I'd be able to say for sure. Um, but I, um, this is something. Don't believe the hype and be the humble type. Um, if you were someone who fell for the hype of Prime and, and paid anything over £2, <laughs> that is not cool, okay? Um, but people were paying 8 nine, £9, £10, and that shows the power of hype because it is not that nice and it is not that great for you. Um, but I'll still pay £2 for it in Sainsbury's in England because I get to go over there and train. Um, but hype is real, and we can fall for hype. Um, and I want to be someone who doesn't just believe the hype. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a singer. I release some songs. Um, and I didn't know I could sing until I was 18 when I, when, I, when I came to faith. And I think it was the best thing that could happen to me because it means I'll never believe the hype. And I'll just try and serve God and use it for his glory. But don't believe the hype. Be the humble type. And, and one of the things that could be seen as toxic, I'm thinking of Conor McGregor kind of strolling around. Um, and the, the thing you hear a lot of them the maybe say is, do you know who I am? Or do you not know who I am? Um, and the last question I want to ask you, and this is um, where I'm landing, is, well, ch- take out the who. It's like, do you know I am? Um, obviously, you maybe know that um, I am is another word for God. And he is the great I am. And take out that, you know, that, that question, do you know who I am? Take the who out. And that is the question. If you want to go for a biblical um, godly masculinity, is knowing God and knowing him intimately, and even that word intimate um, can put off guys, but it's like we can know God intimately. So get to know him and try and live out Galatians 5. Um, so you can be masculine um, without being toxic, bro. I'm going to pray. God, thank you for these guys here. Thank you for their willingness to, um, to take time out from the rugby or whatever they were up to. Um, and I pray that they would take st- some of this stuff and, and hide it in their hearts and try and live it out because it is so hard with hype. Um, it is so hard to fight temptation. But help us to be found in your word like Jesus and to use your word to fight that temptation, God. But I pray that these would be a group of guys who um, just show something different in this world. Um, who model biblical masculinity. And I pray that you would bring um, fathers around them, spiritual fathers, but I hope you would raise them up as spiritual fathers as well um, to to take people who are younger than them under their wing, whatever age they are. Um, So be with us, continue with us. Thank you that you're not finished with us and you never are. We are works in progress. We'll always get stuff wrong, but I pray we would have the courage to keep getting up when we're knocked down, to keep going. Um, and to run this race with perseverance. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Guys, privileged to to share with you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, And if you have any questions, um, you can fire away. But um, God bless, and I hope you have a, um, a great time the rest of the day.